We are live from Ford Ice Center in Bellevue. Ryan Porth alongside Justin Bradford of Penalty Box Radio here for the grand opening of Ford Ice Center in Bellevue coming up later this afternoon. The celebration begins at 2 o'clock, opening ceremony and ribbon cutting at 3, and a whole lot of activity for the family starting at 3.30, and there's a watch party as the Preds take on the L.A. Kings later this afternoon. You can hear that game right here on ESPN 102.5 The Game. Pre-game at 4, puck drop at 5. Justin, how are we doing this morning? Uh, it's a beautiful fall day. The sun is shining. It's chilly out. It feels like hockey weather. It's perfect to grit, have the grand opening of a brand-new ice center here in Middle Tennessee. Absolutely. Well, this is this is a big deal for, for Middle Tennessee to have yet another building with sheets of ice. And as the Nashville Predators do everything in their power to grow the sport, this is another step in that direction of making – this, not only region, but this state, more of a hockey state than it had been five, ten years ago when there was no Ford Ice Center in Antioch, and sheets of ice were just very limited around the state. They still are, but this is opening another option. It absolutely is, and that's what we're seeing. I mean, going on right now, you have a junior tournament going on, so there are teams from all over playing. If you look at the schedule for Ford Ice Center Bellevue, it's junior preds, junior preds, junior preds, junior preds, public skate, sled preds, junior preds, junior preds, junior preds. <laughs> so it is already packed and going. They've had activities going on here for two weeks now while still trying to get up and going and under construction. That's the demand for ice here is that even before you have the public grand opening, that they are bogged down with demand for ice from morning until late, late night. So that just shows the need for more ice here in Milton. And, and like you said, in order to make this a hockey town and a hockey state, you have to have more sheets. You have to grow the game more. The more people that are skating, not just hockey, but skating, makes it more of an ice-friendly state. You want you know, Scott Hamilton with his figure skating academy as well. Then you have the junior preds continuing to grow that with travel hockey, high school hockey growing here, college hockey growing here. Having all that here in Middle Tennessee is is very, very important, and it's very exciting to me just to see the growth over the past five years from the Ford Ice Center Antioch opening to now and seeing how packed these facilities are with parents and kids wanting to play hockey. So this venue is bigger than the one in Antioch. A little bit. A little bit. bit. Uh, I heard Danny (laughs) Butler on the uh, the pregame show Thursday night for the the National Predators Radio Network say that there's 30,000 more square feet in this building, which is a lot, and this, this place is beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. It's, it's absolutely gorgeous. What's really nice about it, and obviously a lot of you probably haven't had a chance to be here yet, but they have an actual full dry land training facility here, which is going to be great for the junior teams. A lot of these junior teams have their own locker rooms as well. That's great for these kids to have that opportunity to not always have to carry their stuff everywhere. They actually have a locker room to keep their things. And then dry land training, which is available to, to kids, to adults, to actually have training that pros do to help them work their way into potentially becoming a pro, to go play college hockey, have dryland training on site. Then you have a huge, huge rink here that seats 1,000 people, and it reminds me a lot of the TRIA practice rink, which is where the Minnesota Wild practice in St. Paul up in Minnesota, that it is the color-coded. You have to walk through a hall of fans just to get to the rink from the locker rooms. It's set up beautifully for big, for bigger tournaments, for bigger things. And, hey, I mean, I'd love to see, you know, like a NAHL team here in the near future or something like that would be absolutely phenomenal. And then you have upstairs, you have have an actual sports bar so it's not a concession stand it's a sports bar with a full bar upstairs and that's where they're hosting the watch party today when the preds take on the kings at the draft pick sports bar so that's nice they also have a preds alumni room where preds alumni can come and do business on site as well so it's just great to see all the different things that they learned from Antioch and put in here. Another one is a skate lobby. So a lot of you probably know in Antioch where it gets a little crowded during public skates well they have a whole place now just for people to put on their skates and to get situated for a public skate. So 
a lot of things here are so nice. And that's what I'm excited about, too, is what's going to come after Bellevue? What are they going to learn from Bellevue now for the next one? It's going to be even bigger and better. Mm-hmm. So I love how they're taking all the feedback they've received over the past few years, and they're applying that feedback to make facilities bigger and better. And that's what you want to see is that they're learning from things. It's not mistakes. It's just what can we do to make this better? And the Predators have been very good at doing that over the years as well. Yeah, and the Predators have been fantastic ambassadors for the sport of hockey in this region. And basically building another one of these from the ground up and not stopping here is going to make this th- this sport a lot easier for, for kids to play and get acclimated with the sport of hockey. And guarantee you, here in the next 10, 15 years, the Predators will have a player on their team that grew up playing hockey either at Fordyce Center or in this town because of the work they put into youth hockey in this in this region. May, may not be with the Preds, could be with somebody well, else. They'll trade to make it happen. The, <laughs> <laughs> like the like the Arizona Coyotes should oh, yeah. trade for uh, for Austin Matthews. Oh yeah, yeah. Who <laughs> came from Arizona? A lot of people may not know that. Um, but just having these programs like the Junior Predators and it, it's it's just a, a fantastic thing for this sport to to be able to continue to churn out venues like this. And like you said, I'm sure there's going to be another one in the next two, three, four years. I don't know where. Uh, I'm sure they have secret plans uh, being worked on for Ford Ice Center number three, uh, wherever that may be. And as the years go along, the more sheets of ice that become available and the more venues they have across the region. Because now people on the west side of town, Mm -hmm. it's right in their backyard, Mm -hmm. just like Antioch is on the east side of town. You go north and south and, you know, all of a sudden – You've got you've got sheets of ice everywhere, yeah, and and people let it be known that they want sheets of ice. I know Williamson County really wants it. I know the Wilson County area really wants it. The northeast side, Hendersonville, Sumner County, Gallatin really want it. Folks, if you want ice, you've got to talk to your leaders. Yes, the, the Preds want to go wherever they want they want it. I mean, Sean Henry says this all the time. We'll go. We'll meet with people. We'll meet with people. If you want ice in your community. You don't need to be complaining to the Predators. You need to be complaining to your local community leadership. They're the ones that made it happen. Sherry Wiener here in the Bellevue area, she was a Metro Councilwoman. She helped make it happen by demanding this kind of thing happen. And because the land was available because the old Bellevue Mall was right here. I mean, look at Antioch. It's kind of the same thing. There was land available right there. Mm -hmm. Talk to your local leadership. You have to demand to make it happen. Obviously, there's so many people that play hockey in Williamson County. Franklin, Brentwood, all the high school teams there. So many people live there. And it's tough since A-game closed down. Mm -hmm. Also, it was an interesting location for A-game with traffic and everything. But there's so much area in Williamson County that they can make this happen. But you've got to talk to the local leadership. They made a sports council happen in Williamson County for the sole purpose of attracting tournaments, things like that. I think so many people and citizens know that these types of things bring in money to the community. It sells out your hotels. It gets your restaurants busy. It gets everything going because you have families coming from all over the country and North America and even the world come to the communities for these tournaments. I mean, we see people here just from Knoxville, but we've had people with the big tournament that happened last weekend that had all three rinks busy, Antioch, Centennial, and Bellevue, that it was from all over North America, and you had a couple of the Junior Preds teams beating out teams from all over and representing Nashville really, really well. So that's what communities have to realize you've got to talk to the local leadership, make them realize the community economic impact that's going to happen in that community because we're already going to see Bellevue here with the location of hotels, restaurants right by here. They're going to see the impact of this ice center very, very quickly. Well, the, the, the footprint 
of this is a lot different from the footprint mm-hmm. in Antioch. Because this footprint, like you said, has a lot of hotels and restaurants. I would bet this is the place where they're going to have a lot of the tournaments with people coming in from out of town. The prospect tournaments Mm -hmm. coming in here where teams can stay in the hotels surrounding this venue. You know, around Antioch, there there are restaurants, but there's not a whole lot of hotels and things of that nature. Where this one, it, it has everything around this new Fordyce Center in Bellevue. And a little selfishly, uh, we're going to be having the Southeastern Collegiate Hockey Conference Tournament here in Bellevue in February, February 7th to 9th. It's where you have 16 teams and only eight get to play in the championship, but they're all going to be playing here at Fordyce Center Bellevue, so I'm very, very excited and proud of that. We booked that a year ago, mm-hmm. <laughs> before this place was even close to being open. We booked that to make sure the tournament was going to be here, especially the championship game on the big rink that seats 1,000 people out there, too, just because of the type of scope that it is to have the SEC Hockey Conference championship being played at the brand-new rink here. So all of my teams from the SECHC are very excited to be able to come here and to play some hockey as well. And high school hockey started here already. I was here for the first game of high school, G-Nash hockey playing here. Brentwood versus Brentwood Academy. Franklin Road Academy and Lipscomb Academy played here. Brentwood won 7 nothing. But I got to say, I got to shout out to Andrew Kaiser, who is the goaltender for the BA, FRA, LA team. He's a beast in net. We posted highlights on PenaltyBoxRadio.com because he was phenomenal. Even in a loss, he looked great. So it's great to see this action. Go out to these community centers and watch these kids play hockey. It is so fun to be up close to the game and to support your local kids that are playing hockey. Coming up next, we'll have more on this grand opening here at Fordyce Center in Bellevue. Later today, again, the grand opening celebration starting at 2 o'clock, ribbon cutting at 3, free public skate session at 3.30, and then stick around in the sports bar that Justin Bradford was talking about <laughs> upstairs. There's going to be a watch party as the Preds take on the L.A. Kings out at Staples Center on the West Coast this afternoon. Pre-game at 4, puck drop at 5. All the action heard right here on ESPN 102.5 The Game. More on the grand opening coming up next. Plus, the Preds have looked pretty good to open this mm-hmm. new season mm-hmm. Here in October. We'll get to that as well. He's Justin Bradford of Penalty Box Radio. I'm Ryan Porth. You are listening to Preds Extra live on ESPN 1025. The game streaming on the game match. Welcome back in Fordyce Center in Bellevue. Grand opening this afternoon. Ryan Porth alongside Justin Bradford of Penalty Box Radio here with you this hour talking all things Preds and the grand opening of Ford Ice Center in Bellevue, and the man who makes it all happen has sat down with us here at our table, Danny Butler. Danny, good to see you. Big day. Huge day. In, in your world. Yeah, big day. We're excited. This is yeah. number two for us, so really excited. So Justin and I were just talking uh, last segment about the impact of what this venue can have on the sport of hockey in this region, just having two sheets of ice additional to what already is available, which isn't much, but having these two sheets of ice added on the west side of town can do wonders for you guys in terms of growing the sport of hockey. Yeah, it really is important. I mean, when we opened Antioch five years ago, there was we were the six-sheet of ice, which was great, but then unfortunately six or seven months later, a game closed, so it was back down to four sheets. So now we're back to where we were five years ago, which allows us to, to kind of expand and keep growing and allows um, a lot of our teams to actually have the ice – not actually all the ice time they need, but more ice time than they had before. Um, and that's what at least having six sheets of ice 
gives us, uh, which is good. And then, you know, same thing for our adult leagues or our youth leagues or even our LearnScape program. You know, it allows that, that expansion where, you know, we were, you know, you look at our LearnScape program, we're the ninth largest in the country. We're only five years old, right? There's thousands of clubs across the country. We're five years old and we're the ninth largest. This allows us to kind of spread that out and give a little bit more one-on-one instruction that's needed too. And that, that covers kind of all our programs, our, our youth hockey programs, our goal program adult program our classes just kind of everything so So, grand opening this afternoon all starts at two o'clock the celebration and then ribbon cutting at three what can people expect when they come out this afternoon after the ribbon cutting and this place opens with the with the grand opening what can people expect inside here yeah what what we took here was uh we took what we did in antioch five years ago and made it about 10 percent better you know the building is about twenty thousand square feet bigger which i guess would be 20 percent better um but uh we just found some things that that uh, that we can do better. So we have the grab and go. We have a full restaurant upstairs, restaurant and bar, so you don't have to leave to get something to eat. You can stay right here if you have some games in between. You can just come watch a Preds game at night. You know, we're gonna have a big watch party at five o'clock today. Um, let people hang out, watch the game, enjoy the bar a little bit, see how it works. Uh, then additionally, we built a training center uh, for both our figure skaters and our hockey players, which is something we don't have in Antioch. So they'll be able to have an hour of on ice instruction and then an hour of off ice instruction whether that's just lifting weights or doing some cardio or, or whatever you need to, it gives that ability so they don't have to leave and go somewhere else. They can do it all right here in-house. So a lot of really cool things in Antioch but the, or in Bellevue. But the biggest thing is that we didn't want to take away what we are doing in Antioch. So all of our tournaments that we're hosting are going to be hosted both in Antioch and Bellevue. We have youth leagues in both Antioch and Bellevue, and they're different nights of the week. So if you want to play in both, you can. If you want to play weeknights or weekends, you can. And then the same thing with our adult leagues. You know, If you're playing one day a week in Antioch, you're playing a different day a week here, just to give you the opportunity to play t- twice or, or a couple times a week. And that's really what we want to do. We didn't want to open a brand-new toy, though, and take everything away from what we built in Antioch. So, yeah. so really is we look at it as one building under two roofs, and that's how we're functioning. Uh, Ford Ice Center General Manager Danny Butler joining us here on Preds Extra live from the Bellevue Ford Ice Center grand opening. Danny, showing the demand for ice in this area. The calendar, I'm sure, is already pretty booked in a, in a good way. That's exciting, but it's also showing how much demand there is here for hockey and skating, just ice in general in Middle Tennessee, that's exciting as well, right? Oh, it's super exciting to be to have this demand, right? At the same time, everyone's still mad at you. I mean, we're <laughs> you know, has, you know, adult leaguers are playing too late, uh, kids are playing too early. You know, it's hard because we're still at you know almost 100 percent capacity. We opened last weekend for a soft open with a 35 team tournament. So wow. it's not like we, we kind of just rolled into this and hope we, we knew what we're doing. You know, this weekend, the same thing. We have a 30-team tournament, NHL Cup Tier 2 tournament. So there's NHL teams from all over the country here this weekend, or junior NHL teams. Uh, so, you know, and we have 46 tournaments booked for the year. So that means there's almost a tournament or a camp every week uh, for the entire year. And that's from the day we opened, kind of moving on. You know, our adult league started last week. We got some of our goal programs in. So... So there's just a lot going on and a, a huge demand for more already, which which is good and bad. You know, we're excited to be opening Bellevue, but it's also we have to look a little bit further to see how can we help somebody else build another sheet of ice somewhere. They, so. they, the adult leaguers need to suck it up. I mean, there, there are rinks in other parts of the country where they're having puck drops even later than what they have here. The, go and play adult league. Suck it up. Enjoy the ice that you have, the opportunity to play adult hockey. You tell and them, Justin. I am telling them because it's ridiculous. <laughs> 10 o'clock at night's too late. No, it's not. Have you seen what it can be like up north? That's ridiculous. Anyways. I agree. And then you can enjoy a cold beer, draft picks upstairs yeah. afterwards. and. 
you know, decompress a little bit. So and draft picks is the name of the new. Dra- sorry, sports draft bar. picks is the name of the new sports bar that yes. we, we've built upstairs. So can't so, wait to see that. Oh it's, yeah, it's pretty. It's a, it's a big space. Uh, the bar seats about forty five people, so, <laughs> so we'll have a couple teams. Nice. Up there, so <laughs> How many TVs cool. up there? Uh, right now, I think we have ten. Uh, there's a few more being installed. So nice. It looks it looks pretty good. Good deal. So I I know when Fortnite Center Antioch opened, and you already said we're going to learn from this, and we're going to continue to get better, and going to learn from Bellevue. I'm sure and get better for the next one. What are some of the things you learned from Antioch? And like we said in the last time, there weren't mistakes, just things you can continue to do to improve. What are some of the things you learned from that that you want to do? Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is we took a, a cookie-cutter building that was built in Dallas and then put it in Antioch because it made sense. And it also helped us open the sheets of the, the sheets early. So we took that here and, and, and made it a little bit better. Biggest thing is we've actually, the building is, is one with also the community center next door, which in Antioch, there's about a 27-foot separation. But that 27 feet doesn't – people don't go back and forth all that much. Uh, so this allows people to go right in between the buildings, kids practicing, go work out for an hour, go play basketball, do whatever you want to for a little bit, uh, and then come back here. Same thing in the restaurant upstairs. We just found a lot of space here that we didn't use in Antioch. You know, everything above our heads um, in Antioch is just roof space. And here we moved our party rooms over there, so we have some bigger party rooms. We put our offices upstairs so we can have room for that training facility. Uh, I, I just really found some space and, and did things a little different. Two of the coolest things that we do, though, is our lighting system that we have in each of the rinks, um, our LED lights, and they're the exact same lights that we put in at Bridgestone Arena this nice. summer and during the playoffs uh, this past year. So they can do a lot of cool things. You'll see it during the public skate. They can dance. They can change colors. They can do black lights. Uh-huh. So it's pretty cool, um, and they're energy efficient, you know, being LED. And then also with that, we have two um, electric Zambonis, the first two electric Zambonis in the state. So really, uh, you know, running an ice rink is, is not a green uh, – it's hard to be energy efficient when it comes to running an ice rink. Mm-hmm. But what, we've done some little things like the LED lights, the electric Zambonis. We're being as clean and, 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 and energy conscious as we can by doing that. So we have two great Zambonis, uh, the LED lights, LED lights for the entire facility. There are no light bulbs anywhere, which is really cool, you know, so you don't have that waste too. So, so the just little things that you may see, you may not see that just have made it just a little bit better than what we did in Antioch. Danny Butler here with us here on Preds Extra ESPN 1025 The Game. Danny, you brought – Myself and a couple of our promotions people by back in the summer. I believe it was in June. And I I wondered how this was going to be ready this quick. Because when we were walking through, there there was some dirt, some water. But you could tell this thing was going to be pretty kick-ass. And yep. it, it really is amazing the, the job that you and your staff have done and the, the construction people to get this ready not only for this grand opening, but as you said, recently there was a soft opening. That really is amazing that it, it was turned around that quickly, you know, just thinking back to in June when we walked through here. Yeah, and it, and it really does come to the staff. You know, American Construction and Load Design are, were the GCN designer on the project. And they, I mean, I, I'm going to talk about it in my speech a little bit later. Um, really, from first shovel in the ground to opening was 10 months. I mean, they blew through this, you know, which is fast. And we pushed them hard, but... It's also hard to open an ice rink in December or January, so we knew we had to hit early fall to be ready for teams. So, so we pushed them really hard. You know, you said a couple months ago what you saw. You should have seen it yesterday. <laughs> I mean, it looks really, really good right now compared to even what it did yesterday. So, uh, no, the construction team has done an awesome job. My staff, 
I really do have a great staff. Will McCaskill is the the, the day-to-day manager out here now. So uh, he's done a great job hiring staff, getting people in. Matt Coles, who's our new director of operations, same thing, has really gotten a, a really great staff on board, willing to work, willing to do a lot of things to make sure that we are ready for today. And, and, and you know, we're, we're really excited about where we are today. What we're really excited about is where we're going to be a year from now. Because if you remember for Antioch, Antioch was great day one. It was really cool a year later, mm-hmm. and, it's, and we keep investing. The last two years, we've invested $100,000 each summer into making that building a little bit better, and we're committed to doing that here as well. Awesome. So we're never, we never wanted to be one of these rinks in the country where it's you know, dumpy and run down and you really don't want to take a shower there. We want to be a clean facility, a facility that people want to be at, and uh, constantly upgrade. So that's what we're committed to doing here as well, and still doing it in Antioch. Again, that's what's really important is that they're both a focus of what we're doing still. So Antioch, Bellevue, where's the next one? I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm on the spot. I mean, but not to put you on the spot, but no, 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 the, what, what kind that, of timeline are we looking at it at uh, adding another one of these to add even more sheets of ice here in Middle Tennessee? Uh, yeah, so we've heard Clarksville a little bit. That's kicked around. That's that's been in the news. Um, so that that project seems to be moving. That's a little bit further out from just Nashville directly. But I think there's a couple other things that we we literally meet with a city a week, a city every other week about building an ice rink and, and what either they want to do or what we want to do. You know, what we really do leave this up to is if a city wants to get this built, we want the city and the citizens of that city or residents of that city to uh, to drive that. And that's really what you saw in Bellevue, right? Sherry Wiener and uh, Dave Rosenberg really were the two council members that listened to the, the folks out here in Bellevue that said, we want something out here. We want to grow Bellevue. And they made it happen. So it wasn't necessarily us, the Preds, who helped. We helped once it was done and committed to building an ice rink. But getting to that point, um, you know, it really was the people in, in Bellevue who uh, who made the project happen. So if you want one in your city, you better call your mayor. You better call your council people. And then we're, we're, we're happy to have a meeting with anybody about building an ice rink anywhere. So. It's Very like, cool. It's, it's like he was listening to me in the first segment. I know, right? I was railing on that. I was, <laughs> I was Bradford ranting for a little bit. I was not. I was outside trying to get a car moved in the parking lot. <laughs> no. so, so I apologize for missing that. No, but, yeah, but it yeah. really is what it is. And, yeah. and you touched it a couple different times, and we've talked about it off air, is that the people who want this built need to drive the bus to help yes. get it built. And we're committed to helping anybody, um, but you need to make sure it gets done. So, Danny Butler, GM of Fordyce Center. Awesome stuff. Looking forward to the grand opening later this afternoon. Hope a lot of people come out. And this is already a smashing success and great job uh, putting this one together and can't wait for the next one. Oh, thank you. And thanks for coming out. You guys are always welcome to, to do whatever you want to out here. So well, appreciate that. Out, so. Absolutely. No Glad to be here. <laughs> Danny Butler, GM of Ford Ice Center here in Bellevue. And Justin, th- this w- when I walked in today, it, it took me back to when I played hockey in northern Kentucky. Oh, man. Like, back when I was a little squirt, you know, 9, 10, 11 years old. You were a little squirt? Man. Well. You're tall. I, w- I was big for my age. Okay, all right. So, maybe, maybe I was, uh, you know, maybe not oh, so little. Man. But uh, but th- this just takes me back, seeing all these these teams here. I saw Vegas walk by yeah. earlier. Walk Carolina by. and Florida were on the ice just a little bit ago. Arizona, Arizona is on the ice. <laughs> That is super impressive that they're having these national tournaments right here in our backyard. And here's the thing. People want to come to Nashville. We hear it all the time that people want to come to Nashville. Tournaments want to come to Nashville because it's Nashville. Because the parents know, hey, there's things to do in Nashville. 
The kids obviously get to play at a brand new facility here. There's things to do, not just here, but Antioch as well. Just being in Nashville, the general area, it's an exciting and fun city for people to come visit. So they're going, well, why not come to a tournament out here? We'll play. For mm-hmm. sure, it's Nashville. Yeah. So it, just, it goes all together. The more ice we have here, the more opportunity there is for these communities to have successful tournaments, to bring all these parents. All these parents are having to spend money in the, in the Nashville area. So why not, why not have them come here and play and spend their money in, in, in our community? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, coming up next... The Preds do hit the ice today out west against the L.A. Kings. We'll get into that and what we've seen from this Nashville Predators team so far through four games. That's coming up next. He's Justin Bradford of Penalty Box Radio. I'm Ryan Porth. You are listening to Preds Extra, ESPN 102.5 The Game. Live from Fordyce Center in Bellevue, it is Preds Extra, ESPN 102.5. The game, streaming on the Game National app, Ryan Porth, alongside Justin Bradford of Penalty Box Radio. We are here at the grand opening of Fordyce Center in Bellevue later this afternoon. Come on out, free public skate session at 3.30 after the ribbon cutting at 3. And then the watch party at 5 o'clock at Draft Picks, mm-hmm. which I think is a, a pretty cool name for the, uh, the sports bar upstairs here which they're putting the finishing touches on right now and going to have the watch party ready for 5 o'clock. Preds, Kings, pregame at 4. If you can't make it out here, pregame at 4, puck drop at 5. All the action heard right here on ESPN 102.5, the game. Spent the first half of the show, Justin, talking about what a great thing this new venue is for Middle Tennessee and what it should do for youth hockey in the area. But let's get to the, uh, the, the big team. The NHL team, the Nashville Predators, who are 3-1 and one after four games. And I tell you what, Thursday night was well, as exhilarating of a regular season game as you'll ever see. It, it felt like it was late March, early April, maybe even into April. Inside that arena, it was, I mean, I cannot say enough good things about what kind of atmosphere that was. A 6-5 come-from-behind victory for the Preds over the Caps. Dramatic fashion, two goals in 28 seconds. You know, Benino followed by Matias Ekholm. Preds win that game to take the last game of the homestand. That was that was something special Thursday night at Bridgestone. Boy, that game had everything. It had even strength goals, power play goals, short-handed goals, incredible saves, incredible plays, incredible passes, a first goal in the Preds uniform for Matt Duchesne with the arena roaring with that. I mean, it had everything except defense. <laughs> <laughs> but but here, that's the funny thing. You know, people bring it up, and uh, it's funny because people would complain before about the president have enough offense and not scoring enough goals. Well, here they scored six goals and won a game, mm-hmm. but they allowed five. Well, what about the defense? Like, they won the game. <laughs> you, can, you can adjust that as long as you get the dub. That's what matters right now because they're showing that, that offensive power that they have and having that depth now, too, because 19 goals in four games, let's, let's not look into what they've allowed, but let's look at how many goals they've scored showing that power that we haven't seen I don't think ever before in terms of offensive depth uh, for this franchise that they have that power to come back in a game in the third mm-hmm. period to score four goals in a third period against a very good team like the Capitals to be able to do that is impressive. Well, and two years ago when they won the President's Trophy, that was a high-scoring team as well. But they had to have career years from mm-hmm. multiple forwards to make that happen, right? right. Like it, Like it was almost everyone – from top to bottom, up front, was playing their absolute best that they've ever played. And then you had the offense from defense as well, right. especially after Ryan Ellis came back midseason. 
now it's it just comes easier, the offense. I mean, the Duchesne line with Philip Forsberg and Mikhail Granlund is going to be this line, th- this team's top line. Totally. Uh, it already is. You know, I, I think it was Joe Rexroad going into opening night saying, you know, the second line. And Peter Laviolette was like, "Yeah, you keep saying that, and they're going to get uh, they're going to get mad at you." That is this team's top offensive line, and that's no dis- disrespect to Ryan Johansson, Victor Arvidsson, and whoever their wing will be on a given night <laughs> at left wing. It was Craig Smith for the first few, Kelly Arncroke Thursday night, but Forsberg, Duchesne, and Granlund. Every single time that line is out on the ice, it feels like something's about to happen because it's electric. Just the the ability of Matt Duchesne to look like it's so fluid out there for him, too, making things happen, pushing and being creative. Philip Forsberg, we know he's creative already. We're seeing it even more because of Matt Duchesne out there and Mikhail Glenland out there. Looks like he fits in even more. And that's what I think was so important. And everybody knew that, that the trade, we all knew the talent that Glenland had, but it didn't seem to mesh as well because all things, he had a baby, get traded on that day as well. Everything happened, and he just didn't seem to fit in. But now he had a full training camp, a preseason, to kind of build chemistry with his teammates, and you're seeing it now. I mean, he had two assists mm-hmm. uh, in, the, in the Caps game. And so he's just meshing in so well. That line is playing so well together. And you think if Glenland gets to where we're no, we're, we know he can be, which is about 60 points, Philip Forsberg gets to about 60 points, Duchesne gets to 60 to 70 points, that's a really good first line for the Predators, especially given the history. Well, let's let's take a look at, at the, the top two lines, assuming Craig Smith is on the left wing. I I don't know how you felt about Jan Croak on that top line the other night or, or on the, the Johansson line the other night. Jan Croak doesn't do much for me right now. I mean, if he continues to play there and they get him going offensively and that is the byproduct of him being up there, great. But... I feel like that line is going to be more effective with either Craig Smith or Kyle Turris on its wing. But let's go under the assumption it's Craig Smith, mm-hmm. how they started the season. So on the Duchesne line, you've got Forsberg and Granlund. Okay? You've got this twosome of Forsberg and Duchesne that is electric. And you've got Mikhail Granlund. I, I, I can't pronounce his name like you can. It's I'm, okay. I apologize. Okay. I give you a pass. Sincerely. <laughs> he, you've got Mikhail Granlund, who in Minnesota – you knew what you were going to get from sure. season to season. Like you said, he was in that 55 to 65-point range consistently in a wild uniform. He's also in a contract year. <laughs> so if you get what you can expect out of Granlund and get a motivated Granlund because he is in a contract year, I think that is a recipe for a lot of success with that line. Especially with the chemistry that Duchesne and, and Forsberg Absolutely. already have through four games, which is unbelievable considering that they haven't played together before middle of September. Then you look at the other line of Johansson, Arvidsson, and Smith. Johansson and Arvidsson, electric as a pair, like Duchesne and Forsberg. Mm-hmm. Then you have a winger who's in a contract year, and you <laughs> typically know what to expect. 20 goals. Which is 20, 25 <laughs> goals a season outside of the one – um, the the one season a couple years ago where he wasn't the same. Right. I mean, that's pretty darn good. That might be the best top six this franchise has ever assembled. Oh, it absolutely is, just given the depth. I mean, they've had some good first lines in the past. I mean, the, the Jofa line was a good first line, but after that, then what? Teams knew to prepare. Well, well I, I, I would say the 06-07 team, if fully healthy, okay, if. would have been – 
this caliber. Sure. And it was this caliber for stretches of that season where they got 110 points that regular season. But Steve Sullivan, I don't think played more than – he may not have played a game with with Peter Forsberg. I I think he suffered his back injury before that trade, if memory serves correct. That was in January or something like that? Late January, early February. So that that roster was never at its full capacity. Right. Yeah. Alexander Radulov was just a rookie. Wow. Back then. <laughs> you know, there were there were a lot of talented pieces on that roster, but this if you can get Smith, Johansson, and Arvidsson going, like Forsberg, Duchesne, and Granlin have gotten going already, you basically have two top lines. I mean, Johansson has two goals in four games already. That's a big deal for Ryan Johansson, who's typically, we're typically used to passing. I know, right? <laughs> so that's a big deal for him. Well, he followed up, on and that. the two goals that he scored the other night weren't pretty by no. any means, but it in. got the job done. Yeah, I mean, he he more or less batted the first one in. Mm-hmm. You know, it it was kind of a you know helter skelter type goal, but it counted. They all and count. then his second one, jamming it in as the puck was loose under Braden Holpe. To, uh, to lead that comeback in the third period. You drive to the net, good things happen. Yeah. You crash the net, good things happen. Yeah. You've seen it so much. That I go back to Ryan Ellis' first goal when it went off his skate, and I asked him about it. He's like, that was actually a, that was a, that was a set play. Like, what? Mm. <laughs> it was a set play for the D-man to drive to the net like that and have the pass come across. So we saw the next game, we saw Yannick Weber actually doing the exact same thing, driving to the net. So you can tell just the way this offensive scheme is set up. They do have set plays, even though we don't talk about it that much. We do have set plays where the defenseman is supposed to dive in mm-hmm. from the blue line to be set up because hopefully it'll catch the defense off, off guard. Well, you mentioned the Ellis goal in game one, opening night against Minnesota. Ekholm scored a goal right around the crease against Detroit two nights later. Mm-hmm. And then Roman Yossi, Tuesday night against San Jose, that beautiful game-opening goal that he scored in the first period. Cha-ching. Where where he and Sissons off the rush, you know, he gets that puck and goes, you know, bar down on Martin Jones. I mean. Cha-ching. I I like what I'm seeing (laughs) offensively out of this team. And I I get the, the fans worrying about the defense. I would also say it's game four. Oh, absolutely. There are 78 games left in this regular (laughs) season. There is time for them to figure it out defensively. Plus, you know, they gave up five goals the other night. Three of them were on special teams. Right. So at five on five, I felt like they did a pretty decent job of limiting chances. They didn't do a good good enough job of, you know, guarding or defending Alex Ovechkin on the power play. No team. No team can do that, it seems. Uh, Even though you know exactly what's going to happen. But I mean, he scored two goals in his office yeah. with his feet up. Yeah. I mean, he had no one around him. Yeah. And it's, it's a set play, and Peter Laviolette addressed that in postgame, too, is that they draw the penalty kill over to one side of the ice and then quickly whip it to him. So it's hard to just shadow him, even though we're all saying, yeah, be easy. We're not the coach. We're not pro hockey players. We're saying just QB shadow. It's <laughs> all you yeah. kind of need to do. You know, make it a four-on-three power play, mm-hmm. and you just have one guy guarding him directly. Easier said than done, obviously, because they know what they're doing to get it to Ovechkin, and he scores. And it just, it's, it's not a shock anymore. It's, more, it's laughable because you know if the puck's going to him, he's such a great shooter, it's going to go in. But they still won the game, and that's what's important is that they found ways to win, and you had depth players scoring goals as well, and other guys – contributing mm-hmm. on the offensive side of things. So if going in, that's what you want to see is your offense clicking. Because, yes, the defense can still come together. You're winning games. That's what's important. Even the Detroit game, the loss, they dominated most of that game, and Detroit took advantage of opportunities. So you look back at that, you're going, okay, the offense is still doing its job of firing the pucks at the net. 
they still did great, great things in that game. They can build off of very early in the season. I mean, it was game two, mm-hmm. so they did good things. That's what you want to see consistently is that they're continuing to get better. They're doing the right things offensively. And, yeah, you're going to lose some games, but are you still doing the right things? They are. And defensively, the third pair is an issue. Oh, a little bit. I mean, <laughs> whether it's Yannick Weber, Matt Irwin, or Dan Hamus on the ice, it is an issue, something that I would expect them – to either resolve themselves or have to go out and find somebody else to be on that third pair because they're getting pushed around a pretty pretty good amount here early in the season already. But, you know, uh, Roman Yossi and Ryan Ellis. You know, Ryan Ellis, I didn't think, played his best game the other night. Roman Yossi's been fantastic to start the season. Dante Fabro didn't play his best game. May have been his worst game of the of his 14 yeah, his that he's career. played <laughs> since since joining the NHL last year and here in Nashville, that may have been his worst one yet. But he's he's still a rookie. He's learning. He's game four. That's game 14 if you include the playoffs last year. Yeah, and and that's okay. And that's that's what I see with Fabro. It's like yes, he's making mistakes. He's learning from that as well. And I won't say they were detrimental because they won the game. If they lost the game, then you can start pointing a little bit and looking mm-hmm. at it. But he was able to recover from it. And one of them, there was a random stick just in the middle of the ice, and he's trying to backtrack, and that flubbed him up mm-hmm. right there. And so, yes, he made a lot of mistakes. He learns from that. And that's almost what I'd like to see for the third pairing is if there's nothing out there on the market, it's that let's go ahead and find someone else in the system and give them a chance. I'd rather see a young guy getting opportunities to grow and build than being scratched or even being in the AHL, not necessarily give someone a chance you think might have potential to play in the third pairing later this season or next year, and I'd rather throw them to the Wolves and get them limited, protected minutes out there, especially at home. Mm-hmm. We're going to really see some, some testing here when they're on the road for these next few games when they have the first change and not the last change of who other teams put out, especially Vegas on Tuesday night, yeah. who they put out against the third pairing. That's going to be a true test. Coming up next, we will take a look at this upcoming road trip for the Nashville Predators. It starts later this afternoon against the L.A. Kings. Pre-game at 4, puck trap at 5. All the action heard on ESPN 102.5 The Game. We'll delve into this road trip coming up next. He is Justin Bradford of Penalty Box Radio. I'm Ryan Porth. You are listening to Preds Extra on ESPN 102.5 The Game. Welcome back in live from Fordyce Center in Bellevue. Yes, we are on the road again here on the west side of Nashville. Grand opening this afternoon, 2 o'clock celebration, 3 o'clock ribbon cutting, 3.30 public skate, free public skate session here at Fordyce Center in Bellevue. And Preds Watch Party at 5 at Draft Picks, the new sports bar upstairs here at this beautiful new facility there will be giveaways free food kids activities smashville rewards for season ticket holders there's youth hockey going on right now uh just on the other side of this wall where we're uh, where we're broadcasting where we can see the junior predators taking on the junior coyotes uh in from arizona we just spoke with somebody in from vegas yeah, they're from everywhere i saw the junior uh, san jose sharks walk through just a minute ago i mean this is like a little like mini nhl tournament happening right in our backyard uh yeah and i dare not chirp anybody because you can tell how seriously these parents are taking it i know <laughs> i know if you say uh, a certain team is the best team in the national hockey league close enough to somebody they uh they take a no to that. no no <laughs> <laughs> but what's cool to see especially you see some of the markets that we mentioned right there too you have arizona we have 
Florida here, San Jose. It's pretty cool to see this just because formerly non-traditional areas. I mean, San Jose was a non-traditional market. Arizona, non-traditional before. Florida, and they're here all playing a hockey tournament in Nashville. I love it. I love it so much. It's so cool. being here. And we're looking at rink two right now in Fordyce Center here in Bellevue. Rink one, just down the hall, has a grandstand that is a lot larger than any any of them that we've seen, probably including Centennial Sportsplex. Oh, I know yeah. that one side on the, um, forget what what rink number it is. Rink it's A, B. Rink A. It's, it's not the one the Preds typically practice. The big on. one. The yeah, <laughs> the big one. The one where you walk that you you see when you walk right in. We're going to get tweets correcting us right Probably. now. Probably. <laughs> but the bleachers and the grandstands in rink one here, it's like a little arena. Yeah, it's, they're gold and blue, color-coded and everything, yeah. too. They have a full glass in the penalty boxes and everything as well. I mean, it's it's set up for big tournaments. And, hey, there's going to be plenty of big tournaments coming here, too. Absolutely. Well, this afternoon the Preds embark on their first road trip, or they did yesterday, but they, they play a game later today against the L.A. Kings. And the L.A. Kings come into this season with very low expectations, probably one of the three, four, five worst teams in the National Hockey League. Yep. And the Preds, I would kind of expect UC Soros today. Would you? I'd rather him this one than Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it's a yeah, road game against a, a weaker L.A. Kings team. Give him another opportunity because it did have a little bit rough against the Red Wings. Give him an opportunity to build confidence because we've seen it before is that if you give him too much time on the bench, he looks really rusty. But when they finally get him into the swing of things, he gets up and going, he gets ramped up, and you see the use of Saros that we expect. So, yeah, I'd like to see him get a game in, and then you have uh, Rene start the next. And then who knows, maybe against Florida that Saros, even at home, because I think it's the kind of thing we've seen too. Preds aren't going to be the kind of team where they're not going to say, oh, well, we're not going to start Saros at home. Mm-hmm. Like they used to before, start, they would never start the backup at home under our previous staffs as well. So I, right. I think you see Saros get at least one game here in the next week. What, what do you think about making UC Saros the, uh, the Saturday starter here to start the season? The he, started Saturday. Sat- he started Saturday um, against Detroit. He could start today against L.A., next mm-hmm. Saturday against Florida. Then you have two Western Conference games, Anaheim and Minnesota, uh-huh. uh, on the 22nd and the 24th, then a road game against Tampa Bay on the 26th. It's an interesting proposition Maybe there. October can feature a lot of Sorrow Saturdays. Sorrow Saturdays. You better book that. You better talk to Sean right now before, it, and so you get some compensation. Uh, it's, a, it's a Sorrow Saturday <laughs> here in Smashville. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm Gotta sure love the uh, the alliteration. I, like I, I love alliteration. Not everybody appreciates alliteration. I do. I do, do you? Ryan. Yes. I appreciate the alliteration you bring to us. Well, maybe today will be a Soros Saturday. It might. And I would be totally fine with that. That's the kind of team you'd want him going up against a little bit. Yeah. It's not necessarily a trap game. Like, the San Jose Sharks had a huge opportunity to be a trap game for the Preds because the Sharks should have been a little hungrier yeah. <laughs> in that game. Well, the, they were, though. I mean, they, they were. midway through, once the Preds went up 2 nothing. San Jose was a lot hungrier than the Preds in those next 10, 15 minutes of game action until Kyle Turris made a 3-1, and that was a backbreaker just in eat. that game. <laughs> but the Sharks were hungry in Chicago. They were. And they ate that deep-dish pizza against the Hawks and won 5-4. Oh, man, yeah. Yeah, now here's the thing, too, against the San Jose game. It's funny because we kind of flipped things from the Red Wings game where it looked like Nashville dominated most of it, not nowhere near on the scoreboard, whereas the Sharks, I mean, they had the Predators stuck in their own zone for so long that Matt Irwin took a three-minute, 11-second shift. Over three minutes in hockey, 
That is insane. Over a minute in hockey is a long shift, let alone three and a half minutes from one of your third-pairing defensemen out there. I don't know if I could go out there on the rink right now and skate for three minutes without getting tired. <laughs> and that's with no competition. Right. <laughs> and they're, they're being stuck in their own zone having to defend, yeah. Yeah. going back and forth. And, could, and the long change, it was mm. the second period, so it was a long change. And Irwin was the left defenseman, so he had the longest change, and he was stuck out there. And so, luckily, they didn't take a penalty or let a goal in. So this road trip today in L.A., Tuesday in Vegas, Thursday in Arizona before the, the Preds come back home uh, next weekend to take on the Florida Panthers at Bridgestone Arena. Vegas is the game I think everyone is looking forward to on this road trip. I thought Thursday night was a, li- a good litmus test sure for this Preds team against a good Washington Capitals team. Vegas might be the best team in the league. Sure, that's Vegas is my pick to win the President's Trophy this season. They are absolutely loaded. They've got Mark Stone for a full season. They've got Cody Glass now, young rookie who – looks pretty darn good early on in his NHL career. I think that is going to be a, a really fun game to, to see where the Preds stand in the Western Conference to, to open the season. Absolutely agree. Vegas is so strong offensively and, and defensively. And in net, you have Marc-Andre Fleury, who has just found second life there in Vegas and loves it. And plus, I think Vegas, they're becoming a, a tough team to play at home. And it's not just because of the Vegas entertainment aspect of it. They feed off their home crowd just like the Predators team feeds off the Predators fans, and we mm-hmm. saw that against the Capitals. Vegas is a very, very good team, and, and I think it's one of those things, too. It's going to be interesting to see how they play with the target because most people in the league are noting how good Vegas is. Right. The Predators, we saw what happened with them when they won the President's Trophy had the target on their back following that Stanley Cup final year. How's Vegas going to react to this as well and having that type of target? Because they, they have a good mix of young and veteran talent on the team, so that's what makes them, I think, even stronger uh, as well. So I think that is going, that, that's the circle of the test here this season. We thought Capitals were going to be a good test, which they were. They passed that test. Mm-hmm. Now Vegas is the next big test with the Predators. How do they match up against them? So we've seen a lot of Vegas people walk by here in the last two minutes. I guess they're going to be playing here shortly. How much uh, do you think they expected to hear Vegas Golden Knights talk as they walked in today? I mean, I, I would hope they wouldn't be surprised because they're one of those markets that was that's new to the NHL, just like Nashville was, you know, two decades ago. Mm-hmm. So it's like, props, man, pound it. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're talking about all things hockey. Here. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, this has been a fun hour here of Preds Extra here at Fordyce Center in Bellevue, the grand opening later on this afternoon. Justin, appreciate you coming out, as always, and joining me here. Thank you. At Fordyce Center in Bellevue, and I'm sure we will do it again. Penalty Box Radio this Wednesday at 8 o'clock. Hockey Block. The Hockey Block. Preds Insiders, Smashville Live, and Penalty Box Radio. Love it. Thanks for all you do. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. So for Justin Bradford of Penalty Box Radio, I'm Ryan Porth. Thank you so much for listening to this special edition of Preds Extra Live from Fordyce Center in Bellevue. Coming out to the grand opening this afternoon. 2 o'clock celebration, 3 o'clock ribbon cutting, followed by a free public skate and a Preds watch party as they take on the L.A. Kings. We are out. Thanks for listening right here on ESPN 1025 The Game, streaming on the Game National app.